2: More than once, actually.
0: Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: The following is a broadcast from the Global Authority in Mixed Martial Arts. The shoe dog
4: It's the beginning of a new and excitingly different story.
3: Uh, yeah. Hey, this is Matthew. This is Randy the Natural Couture. Hey, this is Tim Sherman, maniac. This is Chuck Guys, Down. This is Alice Overin. Hey, what's up? It's is Rico
5: Rodriguez. Hi, this is George St. Pierre, and you're listening to TJ DeSanta. Hey, guys, this is Joyce Gracie. You're listening to Beatdown on Sherdog Radio Network. You're listening to the Beatdown, Beatdown.
0: Beatdown. Beatdown. Beatdown.
6: Beatdown. on Sherdog Radio Network. Here's your host, TJ Desantis.
2: Uh, hey, everybody. It's Beatdown on the Sherdog Radio Network. I'm TJ Desantis, along with Jeff Sherwood, on this Monday edition of your favorite mixed martial arts-related program, Martin Luther King Day, by the way. Traffic was amazing in Los Angeles. I thought I was going to be in traffic for like 90 minutes, Made here in 30, so pretty good day to—pretty uh, good way to start off your week, I guess I'm saying. Mr. Sherwood, how are you?
7: Why are we working? You don't care about Martin Luther King?
2: No, I mean— a lot of people can listen to us live when they can't normally. Why would I deprive the people on their day off of the best radio show in mixed martial arts?
7: So we're working next Christmas?
2: No, no, it's like crazy. <laughs> Had I remembered that it was Martin Luther King Day, I may not have come in today.
7: <laughs> That's always Jordan from Bakersfield argument. What's that? Is that we should do radio on days like this uh-huh. when a lot of people are off work. Okay. And I'm like, screw you. You go to work on your days off. Right. What does he do? More normal people. He doesn't work on Saturdays. I'll tell you that. That's true, too. Our Sundays.
2: I haven't had a day off in about 21 days. So. Yeah. You are ready for yeah. that? Anyways. Yeah. Um, busy, 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 busy weekend. And i um, happy to be here on the other side of it to break it all down, recap it. Uh, of course, I uh, had the luxury of sitting cage side in Costa Mesa, California, Saturday night, inside the hangar for Invicta FC-15. Uh, Cyborg was Cyborg. Got it done over Daria Bragimova. Uh The end comes in the dying moments of round number one, KO, 4 minutes 58 seconds for the Brazilian. Um, what does Cyborg have to do to transcend the sport, Jeff, and become this mainstream character like, you know, other fighters like a Floyd Mayweather, Ronda Rousey, um, Manny Pacquiao? Because while well, she doesn't maybe have the charisma of a Floyd Mayweather or even a Ronda Rousey, she has the dominance that is unparalleled. I mean, Ronda had a lot of dominance for a long time and I think she's still one of the most dominant women out there, but the the way that Ronda dominates people is not the way that Cyborg dominates people. When when Ronda beats you, I mean, your arm's broken and it sucks. When Cyborg beats you, the doctor comes in with a flashlight and tries to dilate your pupils.
7: Yeah, nobody knows about her. What nobody does she have to do? Her. I mean,
2: that's my question. What does she have to do? Because
7: uh, she has to do that in the UFC.
2: With this win, again, the way she did it, I mean, it, she's kind of becoming like this phenom to me. You know, she's she's dispatching people. There's no one at 145 that you know anyone thinks that can defeat her. We talk about super fight matchups. She's done talking about 135, and I don't blame her. I mean. We all want to see her fight, you know, these, these great fights and fight for, you know, the premier championship in women's mixed martial arts, which is the 135-pound belt in the UFC. That's not an option for her. So I just, I mean, I maybe 140 is, but I got to think that Cyborg deserves the credit that a lot of other fighters that sort of transcend their sport deserve and, and, and get because, I mean, she's destroying people and doing it in a manner that, I mean, athletes in other sports aren't nearly as dominant as Chris is.
7: Yeah, but I mean, you know, I, I hate to sound like a, a Debbie Downer or whatever. Nobody knows or cares who she is right now. Nobody knows what Invicta is. I could go ask a million. Uh, well, let's not get crazy. I could go ask all my friends that are casual fans. They have no clue what Invicta is. So she's she's not even to the big leagues yet. I mean, and that's part of the problem. I can be down in in single-A baseball, hitting 40 home runs. Nobody knows who the hell I am. That's what the problem is.
2: You'd get a shout-out on ESPN.
7: You would. Eh, probably not. Probably not. Who who led the minor leagues in home runs last year? If they were hitting 40 home runs in 28 games,
2: they'd get a shout.
7: Who led the minor leagues in home runs last year? I
2: don't know. Uh,
7: Exactly. You don't care. That's why. That's Yeah, the but problem. you're talking about
2: minor leaguers playing minor leaguers. Chris Seinborg is not a minor leaguer.
7: In mm, and, and the real scope of things, she is.
2: She's the best woman at 145 that the sport has ever seen. Well,
7: not in the, the UFC. She might
2: be the best fighter that, you know, combat sport, the female fighter that combat sports has ever seen.
7: Not in the UFC. If she would have made that weight and fought Ronda Rousey, then we would be talking differently. All right. But it hasn't happened. If she goes to the UFC, and it doesn't matter. If she goes to the UFC and knocks soccer moms out, it will happen. Where she is right now, she could knock out the next 29 opponents. Nobody's going to care.
2: Well, what would you do if you were the UFC? I mean, she is a Zufa contracted fighter. I would
7: get a bunch of soccer moms that weigh 145 pounds and line them up. Simple if that the, it's i mean we have already determined it's not a sport it's about the money um, let's make some money let's line them all up let's find some girls and that have a 5 and 0 6 and 0 7 and 0 record that we know that you know aren't really that good because you know women's mma is is so new and line them up and let's do it every 2 months and she will be as big or bigger than any she would be she would be bigger than holly home probably in, in, in and in a year
2: that's interesting it's interesting you say that i mean talking about holly home a woman that had a parade for her after defeating ronda rousey
7: well that was in her hometown that was huge that was huge I right mean, but i mean let's be honest and, and and holly you know dismantled ronda rousey um she even did the TV uh, show circuit, but it's already like people have already kind of forgot about her. Uh,
2: it'll pick back up once she fights me. It will.
7: Yeah, It will, for sure.
2: Well, uh, I'm curious, because to me, uh, Cyborg is turning into, when she fights, to me, and again, I'm very close to the but situation. You're, you're in,
7: yeah, you're in it. You're right. in it too I'm, much. That's why. Right,
2: I'm close to the situation, but for me, when, when Cyborg fights, it is that sort of pop culture moment for me. But again, that's not for everybody. You're right. Right. Um, But it's definitely something to behold when she uh, competes. And she put on a show Saturday night in Costa Mesa. Sold out crowd inside the hangar. A lot of fun there. A lot of fun. And I hope uh, everyone will get a chance to check out that show. It's available now. UFC Fight Pass. Uh, Seven bouts. All seven of them were really entertaining. You had uh, uh, very good matches. Good stoppages. um, Very good fight between Paul Luhi and... And uh, Colleen Schneider that went the distance. So uh, check it out now, uh, UFC Fight Pass. But this weekend uh, was really uh, end-capped by a-, a fantastic bantamweight scrap between Dominic Cruz and TJ Dillashaw. Uh, Dominic Cruz, once again, your UFC bantamweight champion. Been a long road for Dominic back to the top. Um, you know, he got on the mic and-, and said that there's no such thing as ring rust. You could almost believe that. Uh, you know, he fought Mizugaki. That's his only fight in the last four years. It was a touch over a minute, and this fight on on Sunday night, last evening in Boston, was a fight that if you're going to beat TJ Dillashaw, you need to be next to perfect. And Dominic Cruz was perfect. It was a very close fight. Um, I I scored it for Dominic Cruz. TJ Dillashaw was throwing a lot of punches, and most of them were missing. And and Dominic Cruz is. So light on his feet, so good at cutting angles, so good at evading, and still being offensive throughout all of that movement. And, you know, I have no problem with these two fighting again. I think they will fight again at some point. But Dominic Cruz, getting that belt back after all of the injuries that he's gone through. And when he started limping, it was like, oh, man, he's going to win this title here and have to vacate it to have more surgeries. Um, you know, that's what I was thinking. And, and I
7: kept kicking that leg.
2: Yeah. And, and now he said, you know, post-fight that it's his foot, it's not his knee. So that was a little bit of a, a sigh of relief on, on my part when I
7: heard that, but. I heard, wonder though. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Because he did, he did kick him, you know, on the thigh at one point and you saw Cruz's, you know, knee go how it's not supposed to go. Right. Um, but you know, these days when they do the surgeries and things, they're saying that, that you know, they're stronger than they were before. Um, but yeah, that was the first thought I had too. I was just like, oh, here we go again. Right.
2: But um, you know, he he got it done, he got the belt, he is the champion. Can you tell me a better comeback in sports history?
7: Um not many. There's been some amazing ones. And, and um, I'm talking
2: like a career comeback. I'm not talking about like down twenty-eight points in the fourth quarter to come oh, back. Oh, yeah, I know. You know.
7: I know. There's been there's been some great stories in baseball of people that were absolutely horrible. And, but you know, there's probably a lot of those comeback stories that involve PEDs. Not that I'm not saying that about Cruz, but I'm saying that about, you know, the big, you know, the big sports, but, uh, it was, it was a great story. It was, I, I I'll be honest with you though. I had TJ Dillshaw one in that fight. Interesting. Uh, break it down mm-hmm. for me. Um, I think round one was the round mm-hmm. and it was literally, um, It was so close to me because um, when the fight started, I turned the volume off because I just wanted to watch. Right. I knew that this fight was going to be crazy. I knew that there was going to be a lot of punches thrown and a lot of punches missed and a lot of movement. So I turned the sound completely off, and I basically just stared at the screen. The first round to me was so close that I... I'm sitting at my desk chair, and I have to turn towards the TV to watch it. I'm watching it. The round ends. I'm like, okay, cruise. Uh, just, just barely. And, I, and I'm thinking, just in that time that I turn my chair around, I go Dillashaw because I remembered a couple, a couple punches that were, that were harder, that actually landed um, flush. And that's how close I think round one was. I went with Dillashaw. And I think round one was kind of a, a coin flip. I want to watch round one again just to, just to take it in. Um, and then I went Cruz rounds two and three. I went Dillashaw round four. And then five, I had Dillashaw as well. 48-47, yep. Dillashaw was my score.
2: So I'm with you. I'm 48-47, Cruz. But I gave that first round to
7: Dominic. Um, it's a coin flip. Round one, I think, is is literally so close that you can't I, – I don't think you could argue against somebody. Like, you say you gave Cruz round one. Yeah. I just have to say, yeah, I can see that.
2: It was amazing to see how these two matched up with each other on, on the onset because there was so much movement, so uh, much action in the first 90 seconds where it was like, I don't know who's even winning the, the better of these exchanges. Right, yeah. And, um, you know, when it, when it finally slowed down a little bit, you, you saw both men have their moments. Um, but ultimately, I, I leaned towards Dominic Cruz. I don't care when they do this. I hope they do it again. I mean, there there's a trilogy, um, you know, in the making here between these two guys because, uh, I mean, every time they fight, I think it's a 50-50 chance on who's going to win. Now, I mean, there's a lot of talk about what's next for Dominic Cruz. I mean, this fight was incredibly close. Um, Uriah Faber called him out in the post-fight. Afterwards, uh, there's talk of Demetrius Johnson coming back up and I'd like to see that and challenging him. You know, I I think I don't know if it's the most likely. I think it's probably the most unlikely, uh, especially because Demetrius Johnson is not as marketable as a potential fight with uh, Uriah Faber or even uh, a
7: rematch with Dillashaw. Uh, that could put him over a little bit, though. Yeah, it could. He might need something like that. That's why I think Matt Hume went out there. And and started throwing that out on Twitter because I mean let's let let's uh, be honest, Demetrius Johnson needs a little help at this time at this point. And if he comes in and and beats uh, Cruz, that'll be a little something. That would be huge.
2: And um, you know th- those guys fought you know four or five years ago, and it was a decent fight. But I mean it was, nobody it was, remembers. It was Dominic nope. Cruz. All that it was on versus. Yeah. Nobody um, remembers. Yeah. And, and DJ has morphed himself into a very good champion, a, a pound for pound caliber type fighter. Um, that's One of the
7: best in history. Right.
2: That's the fight that I would want. But again, does that sell pay-per-views? I know, probably not.
7: I don't know if you're, I don't know if Uriah still does though with, with Cruz again, I know I'm not saying Uriah doesn't sell pay-per-views. Uriah sells. Yeah. Um, but another it. fight between them?
2: Let's keep in mind, it's one and one right now between those two. Yeah. It mm-hmm. would be the rubber match, and it was supposed to happen, but Dominic Cruz fell off. Mm-hmm. So.
7: I uh, think TJ Dillashaw, Uriah Faber still sells better.
2: I think TJ Dillashaw, Uriah Faber should happen with the winner getting a shot at the winner of, of Demetrius Johnson and, and Dominic Cruz. Yeah. I mean, in a perfect world, that's what I do. Um, and. I, I think if you want to put both of those fights on the same pay-per-view card, those as a co-main and a headline, that that sells that sells pay-per-view.
7: Yeah, I, I think that um, UFC is probably a little scared, and I don't blame them um, to kind of like have a long-term plan with Cruz. Um, um, I I oh think yeah. it's one fight, one day at a time. Right. Um, let's get one fight scheduled and not worry about the next fight and let's not plan anything to say, okay, if he fights this fight, this is what we're doing next with him. Right. Or, you know, I think it's kind of just one fight at a time. And at this point you can't blame him for that.
2: Yeah, no, but I mean, uh, what would you think of TJ Dillashaw versus Uriah Faber as a number one contenders fight with Demetrius Johnson fighting Dominic Cruz for the title?
7: Yeah, I like that.
2: And do you think Uh, that would, I mean, if both of those fights were on the same card, do you think that's something that could command that, you know, $59 price tag in HD?
7: To me, yeah.
2: What about to to your buddies? What about your buddies that uh, don't know anything besides uh, Ronda Rousey?
7: I don't, they like Uriah. No, they like Uriah. Everyone likes Uriah. Uriah still sells, regardless of if he wins or loses or whatever. Everyone knows, everybody knows when that, when that song comes on, they know who's coming into the cage, even even casual fans. Right. So he's he's did it. He's done that for himself. So um, you know, I, I I think that's fine. Um, I don't know how well they know uh, Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, are well, really they any know of them?
2: I mean, they they should at least see him. I, mean, I made a tweet last night, you know, joking that oh man, this guy from the UFC and Fox shows is a pretty good fighter. They should know who Dominic Cruz by appearance alone if they watch anything beyond, you know, the actual fights themselves.
7: Well, you know, here's the problem. And it it depends on how many fights they watch in between there, because there could have possibly been a few fans that became new fans like a year ago that didn't really know who Dominic Cruz is.
2: No, that's true. No, no doubt about it. Yeah.
7: So you got to see guys every once in a while to be like, oh, yeah, I remember. And they probably would. Like, once he got in the cage, they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's that guy that dances around. I know that guy.
2: Well, I'm just saying from the post-fight show and the pre-fight show and, you know, if you watch a, a marathon show on Fox Sports 1, you get that desk with Karen Bryant a lot. Um, Dominic's there. So, I, I think they would recognize his face. I think for a, a good amount of people, they, they might have thought that Dominic had fought 10 years ago and didn't compete anymore. You know what I mean? Because they, they talk about him fighting on the shows, but... You hadn't actually seen it in an application. So uh, if you were a fan of mixed martial arts and only showed up in the last two or three years and maybe didn't watch that music fight, all of a sudden you're like, man, that, that guy that wears the suit, he's pretty good. Right. So right. Dominic is yeah, your new UFC Bantamweight champ.
7: Yeah, it's, it, it's a great story. Yeah. But uh, You know there's
2: another great story told over the course of three rounds? Eddie Alvarez and Anthony Pettis.
7: Oh, that was a, that was an ugly fight, though.
2: I loved it, and I'll tell you why I loved it. I I picked Anthony Pettis in this fight. I thought that his striking game would be too dynamic for Alvarez to keep up with, and I thought that his kicks alone would be able to score more points. I thought he won. In either, <laughs> you know, no, no, we're, we're going to talk about it. But but here's here here's here's what I think was so great about it is Eddie Alvarez played the game. Mm-hmm. Eddie Alvarez took the fight on the scorecards in a manner that, while it might be ugly, it might not be entertaining, you might not agree with it, judges score fights for fighters wrong. that fight the way that Eddie Alvarez
7: fought.
0: Wrong.
2: You can say that it's wrong. I'm not going to disagree <laughs> with you. You know, I didn't watch that fight in a manner of scoring it. I just sort of took it all in. Uh-huh. And if I had to lean one way uh, or the other, um, I lean Pettis. I thought Pettis was more effective. Uh, yeah. Eddie Alvarez controlled the positioning, but he didn't land the strikes. He didn't. He wasn't. He wasn't trying to win the fight per se. He's playing the
7: game, right. And and if that's a sport, that's if this is a sport, that's perfect, right. And and I have again, no problem. the I'm... only problem I had with it, mm-hmm. um, was the whole pushing my opponent up against the fence and just staying there, right, is basically nothing. There, you're not. You're not gaining anything in my eyes. Yeah, okay, maybe you could say that's control. In my eyes, that's not a damn thing. And so you hold your opponent against the cage like that for two minutes, mm-hmm. and your opponent pushes off and hits you in the face with a jab. He just won that whole exchange in my eyes. And maybe not, that's wrong.
2: No, I'm. I don't think that's wrong at all. I think that's correct. Yeah. Um, you know, you can get position, but you have to do something with it. Right. You know, even I mean again, if you're if you take your opponent down and you're in their guard, that's not that's not an advantageous position. That's a 50-50 position for me. It really is. You got to do something with it though. Yes, you'll get credit for the takedown, but it's what you do with that takedown. And I don't think there's much difference in taking a guy down and him standing right back up. Uh, as taking a guy down, sitting in his guard and doing nothing, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're, quote unquote, controlling the octagon. Octagon control that is a criteria, right. but still you need effective striking. You need effective grappling.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, sitting in someone's guard neither of those. Pushing up against someone against the fence, same thing. Octagon control, yes. Effective striking, no. Effective grappling, not really. Aggression.
7: Hardly. Right. Yeah, there wasn't much aggression. It was, yeah, it was just, uh, and and there was another fight. Uh, I'm trying to think who it was, but there was one round where somebody got taken down and the fighter on the bottom was, was the aggressor. He was landing elbows to the head. Right. Um, and, and I gave the fighter that was on bottom that round. Um, and I would, you know, it was interesting because I gave him that round and I was like, ah, there's probably not a whole lot of people that are going to do that. Right. Um, Tristan and Nelson did as well. Nice. Yeah. So it was like, you know, it's, it's, I I honestly think that for the, it, it's hard to judge a fight from home, you know, um, it, it's hard. We're not in the arena. We're not sitting there with the, with a monitor in front of us or, or the fights completely in front of us. And not that that's the easiest thing in the world to do. But I think most of the time, the three judges that judge on SureDog probably get it right for right. the most part. I mean, as, as, as well I'm as not- a lot of other major yeah. MMA websites.
2: As long as I'm not judging, generally it's it's, it's pretty good over there. But um, I don't want to
7: say that. That's but all right. I'm just kidding.
2: All right. Um I, I think for the most part, I think I'm an 85% correct judge. I think if which is not acceptable if I was actually making decisions, but
7: right, eighty five percent think, of the time I get it right. I think if that was your job, probably, and you were set in a room with the with a monitor and nothing else in front of you, mm-hmm. you'd be just fine. I'll tell you,
2: man, I used to be a lot better
7: of a judge than I am now. A lot yeah, better. I think I I think and and that's kind of what happens. I mean, at at one point I had something to do during the middle of a of a of a um, round. Mm-hmm. And I missed like a minute and a half. Right. And I came back and and I asked Nelson. I was like, did I miss anything major? Right. Like, was there a knockdown or anything? And, uh, you know, but... Uh, this is my it,
2: defense. This is my defense. I have never called a fight and horribly screwed up the perception of a round while calling a fight.
7: And that seems to happen in the UFC. Sure it does.
2: A lot. I think your narrative can be swayed a bit. So... Colleen Schneider fought Raquel Paul Luhi, and, and when you have a chance, check out that fight because uh in the in the building, in the arena, I thought it was a pretty dominant performance by Schneider. I thought she clearly took it. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, according to a few media outlets, uh well, by the way, the the, the decision was split, but according right. to a few media outlets, including Sherdog, sure they scored about 29 28 for Paul Luhi. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that. I, I couldn't see it. And for the most part, when I talked to people, they agreed that that Schneider won. But, you know, sitting side and calling the action, I didn't think there was room for a 29-28 card for Paul Luhi. And, you know, there were a few people out there that did say that. So I'm curious on what you would say. But, uh, again, it was a close, contentious fight, I, I guess, in some people's eyes. But no one was really upset with the decision. There are times where... I think commentators, not that they have a bias, but for whatever reason, the conversation in the booth highlights Fighter A's accomplishments where they don't necessarily highlight Fighter B's accomplishments. And at the end of 15 minutes, you're left with a pretty good feeling that Fighter A won and Fighter B gets a rightful decision and you're sitting there scratching your head going, but that's not how we were seeing it.
7: Right. And I don't think it's always intentional. Like, if, if you watch... um because I went back and watched uh, the fight in the background, of the TJ Dillashaw-Cruz fight again, but I wasn't really paying attention as well. I I turned it on and and we were having some issues with the forum last night and everything. Um, so I mainly just heard the commentary.
2: It sounded like TJ Dillashaw was kicking the shit out of Dominic Cruz.
7: No, no, no. It actually sounded opposite. It actually sounded like TJ Dillashaw didn't land a punch because really? Dominic Cruz. Is such an amazing athlete, and he moves so well. When
2: I was watching it and sitting, uh, uh, you know, in front of my computer looking at Twitter while watching it, in the latter ten minutes, all I could hear was Joe Rogan basically talking about how T.J. Dillashaw was destroying Dominic Cruz's legs.
7: And- oh, he was. Yeah, he he did say that. But as far as punches and everything, um, he basically, you know, and and, and it it was for. A little bit true. I, I think TJ Dillashaw kind of gave round one away. I think he gave a lot of uh, moments away of the fight because he was trying to not cruise out with right, one punch. Right.
2: All right. Well, let's uh, go down a little bit more of this card. By the way, if you want to give us a ring, still taking your 2016 year-end predictions, uh, the number is 844 SureDog. It is 844-743-7364. Uh, you can email us. Not your predictions, though. Uh, TJDesanis at Sherdog.com. Jeff at Sherdog.com on Twitter. At TJ Desantis and at the Sure Doggy, uh, Travis Brown uh, stopped Matt Mitrione at four minutes and nine seconds of round number three in a pretty nasty fight. Matt Mitrione's uh, right eye—I mean, he looks like a mutant. And this thing got so damaged, um, broken orbital floor, which I've never heard of before. Uh, I mean, I've heard of breaking your orbital bone, but the the floor of the orbital. On Mitrione was broken. Uh, he got poked a couple of times in that eye, uh, and then
7: dislocated shoulder. Yeah,
2: it got slammed. I mean, he he is definitely uh, worse for the wear today, and probably having a hard time getting out of bed this morning. Uh, Travis Brown gets it done. I mean, he, here's something. And again, there were a lot of cage grabs. Um, in, in some fights, they're, they're the eye pokes. We need to have some sort of proper protocol in about taking points. And, and granted, the point deduction, if it was given to Travis Brown after the second eye poke, would have done nothing. I mean, the fight ends. It was not in the, the judge's hands. But, I mean, you are allowed, honestly, Jeff, you're allowed three fouls before you get a point taken away. Or sometimes you're allowed three fouls before you even get a warning.
7: Yeah, I'm cheating. If I'm a fighter, I'm going to use those every single time. Well, you might as well kick your opponent low at least twice. Yeah, and I'm grabbing the fence. If there's a, if I'm getting taken down next to the cage, I'm grabbing the fence. No, no questions asked. I mean, because what are they going to do?
2: Well, they're going to slap your hand away. Yeah, hey, don't the do thing. that. If you slap the hand away and you have to do it more than once, like you're physically touching a fighter. Take a point away. Yeah, like when you have to insert yourself to where you actually have to touch a a, a combatant,
7: if yeah, you have to touch a fighter, the fight should be over.
2: Generally, yeah, and like I understand, it is somewhat instinctual to grab the fence. Somewhat, you don't want to go down. You that's have fine. You have a working brain.
7: You have a a, a limb. I mean, a little, <sighs> that's fine. It's a point. That, that I mean, plain and simple. That right now, right, and and and, and with eye pokes, I. And then you you know what pisses a few people off, um, you know I don't know if people were coming around on, on John Jones or not, um, what it is, but then he he tweeted about it. Did you see it? No. Was it deleted? No, no. It was, this one wasn't deleted. Oh, okay. So it, it must have uh, you know after he read it a few times and and laughed about it, he decided it was okay to stay up. He liked that um, one. He said he said this guy Travis Brown out there using my favorite technique. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's tongue-in-cheek that's a little laughing. bit. That's funny and all, yeah. but that's bullshit because that's kind of true.
2: Well, I mean, here's here's the honest-to-goodness truth about it. It is instinctual to push off your opponent when they rush in. Um, one of the better ways to make sure that they don't get on the inside or come too close to you is pushing on their face. Unfortunately, you're wearing gloves that have uh, exposed fingers, and those fingers can wander into the eyes very, very easy. You take a point away
7: very quickly when you do that, you're yep. gonna see people stop doing that. First first time, no questions asked. Separate the fighters, it's a point. Boom. It's not gonna happen anymore. You're gonna I see guarantee you're it. gonna
2: see people not put their hands open out on the face of their
7: opponent. Right. Every once in a while it will. Right. But I guarantee you we we're seeing an almost an eye poke uh, an event now. Right. I mean uh
2: how many events ago was it when Cole Miller had to stop because he mm-hmm. couldn't see anymore? Orlando. Um, yeah. I mean it's it's a problem in you know that's the thing is people always say oh what are we going to do? We got to change the sport. What are we going to change the glove? Don't change the gloves. The gloves are fine. Not to mention, we've been going, you know, 20 years plus in modern mixed martial arts. There's not a solution in changing the gloves. If there were, it'd already be done by now. Okay? Now, on top of that, if you want to change, you want to have any sort of influence, change the damn rule. Okay? Change the, uh, you know, uh, just empower the referees to get involved. Now... I'm curious if you worked on a half point system, and I, I'm not, I'm not sold on the half point system. But this is one thing that I think would be maybe beneficial of using a half point system is maybe fighters and, and referees, or maybe referees would be a little more proactive in taking away points if there was a half point system. Maybe you only take away a half point on, on something along those lines because the judges might use those points a little more liberally, you might see more. I mean, I, I, I would love to see 10, nine and a half rounds because there are guys that slightly went around. Like, you know, you and I talk about 10, 10 rounds. I'm a firm believer that there are 10, 10 rounds. I don't think they're common. I don't think you get more than one every maybe five or six events. But I think there are probably a lot of n- 10, nine and a half rounds where a guy won a round, but just absolutely by the skin of his teeth, just barely maybe one extra punch or one sequence, maybe he got on top in a scramble that earned him that that round. If you have a half-point system, maybe the referee would feel a little bit better about sort of influencing the fight if it does go to the scorecards.
7: Yeah, I I don't know. I I don't think it needs to be made that difficult. I I think what the problem is is that in MMA, when you get a point taken away, And this is why I think it would work. And this is why I think it's not working. Because when you get a point taken away in a round, it's almost, I mean, it has a big effect on the outcome of the fight. Plain and simple. I don't think that there's referees that regularly want to do that. Because once they start doing it a few times, Then here comes you know everyone's going to be talking trash and and blah 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 and why is this referee um, you know taking a point away from every eye poke or you know things like that because you start uh, people start thinking that you're um, really affecting the outcome of the fight right you know now at the same time uh you do that every time every referee takes a point away for an eye poke then you are directly um, affecting the end of the fight. So people aren't going to do it. Right.
2: You know, here's my situation about eye pokes and fence grabs. When you're pushing on the face of an opponent with exposed fingers, what do you think is going to happen? Okay. The face is only so big. The hands are so big. Like the odds of at least putting a finger on the eyes when you touch someone's face with an open hand, pretty good that you're going to touch their, their eye sockets. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. That's a fact. Now, while it's, it's a little more accidental than I say grabbing the fence, because if you're pushing off an opponent and you're trying to keep range, you're keeping range is probably the entire goal, which is legal. You can try to push your opponent back. When you grab the fence, you're grabbing the fence not to fall over. Mm-hmm. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. And now, while you can accidentally grab the fence because it's instinctual, yeah. You have to train yourself not to grab the damn fence.
7: It's I even if you train yourself I don't think it'll work because I think the mind is is so amazing that no matter what right um you're going to do it. It's survival and, and technique. I it's don't...
2: probably like closing your eyes when something gets close to your face. You can't help exactly. it. Exactly. But and, but still like it, it's not even so much grabbing the fence that I have a problem. It's when you grab the fence and the referee says let go of the fence, and you don't do anything, and then he hits your hand. He right. hits you like a four-year-old when you say, don't touch that. By the way, I don't hit my son when he touches things, and I don't want him to touch. But you know what I mean? like.
7: I don't like, either. The wooden spoon does. Oh, jeez. <laughs> right.
2: Jeff at SureDog.com, people. But, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, It's a flagrant disregard for what the referee is saying to you, and you can do it multiple times. Right. and and I'm sorry, once you've grabbed the fence, you've already disrupted the way that the fight was proceeding. You've disrupted a takedown, you've secured your position even if it's just for a millisecond. Mm-hmm. And if, mean, if,
7: I, and this is where I think <clears throat> you get into too big of an ordeal because I think you can go you could say, okay, so if that happens, then the referee has the opportunity to put that fighter on his back.
2: See, I don't think the referee has an opportunity to put that fighter on his back uh, unless he takes a point away or something along those lines.
7: Well, if he takes a point away, you can't put him on his back
2: too. Exactly, but I don't think you should be able to put him on his back, period. I don't think as a referee you should be able to give position. Well, then you have to take a point away. You have to take a point away, and then you start them in a neutral position because the point deduction— is basically a payment for getting out of a situation.
7: But the the thing that sucks is, I think, and maybe this is... Everyone's different, and this is why judging is so different. Um, I think that more than times than not, um, and sometimes it does, I mean, we look at Chad Mendes, Jose Aldo, how how would that fight have been different, or would it have been, if Aldo didn't grab the fence? But, um, you know, is grabbing the fence always a... A um, fight-changing moment? No, it's not. Right. Is poking somebody's eye nearly out of their head and usually having a f- big effect on the fight? It usually does. Does kicking somebody in the balls? We don't really know. Right. I mean, a- and we see some guy kicked squarely in the nuts and has no problem. Right. Well, I mean, we see other guys graze, and we know. I mean, guys, that well, are I, guys that have it, played man. baseball sometimes just to graze is a oh, million yeah. times more than a direct shot. Oh, yeah.
2: Like, when you when you just get uh, a little flick sometimes, that's worse than a full-on kick.
7: Right, And, right. Uh, and if you have little kids, you learn this, oh, you know, my gosh. playing around. Yeah. And, and things like Dude, that. When, so yeah. when my
2: son first started to run, that's when he decided that he was going to run. Like, I'd be sitting on a chair, and he would run and then jump into the chair with me. Uh-huh. I, honest to goodness, considered wearing a cup around the house. <laughs> There were so many times where he was so happy to see me and he would jump up into my arms that it was like, all right, uh, I need five minutes, all right? Like, I need, I need to walk this one off. Um, right. Here's a question for you. We're talking about, you know, changing the rules and, and, you know, empowering referees to take more points. Is it time to, at least when it comes to the fence grabbing situation, is it time to rethink the construction of the octagon walls because no, you can't, you can't, why not? There's gotta be a way where you can fill in the holes of the fence with a screen, something along those lines that would make it impossible for you to lace your fingers through the fence. You could put plexiglass in there. Now, would that make the fence too hard? Possibly? I don't know, but there's gotta be a way where you can keep them. The, the fence and still have it flexible to where it's not running into a a wall, but make it so the fighters cannot lock their fingers in between the chain link.
7: Yeah, at this point, I don't think you could really, uh, I don't think you could really change things up like that just because of what the octagon has been. I mean, the octagon octagon is probably bigger than 95% of the fighters.
2: But how would it be different, Jeff? It would look the same. You just have a piece of plastic or glass that is see-through so it's not changing the view of the audience and just uh, not it would, allowing it wouldn't
7: be looked upon as much of a cage and things like but that talking any, about? It, it's still a cage yeah any changes at this point i don't think you can really do
2: okay so no changing the gloves you're on board
7: with um, that. i don't know if there's a way you could change the gloves without creating a complete closed glove that uh would completely take it away i think what takes it away the most is is taking points away Yeah, no, I'm with you. I don't think we need to reinvent the wheel. No, I agree. You just need to enforce the laws.
2: I agree. There's no two ways about it. I agree wholeheartedly with you. Um, But I think, and this is why I think judges don't give 10-10 rounds. The same reason I don't think judges give uh, or take away points. They don't want a decision that is an arbitrary decision to influence what the fighters are doing to where uh, a fighter that clearly won a fight if he made a mistake— um, loses or gets a draw because the referee decided to interject himself into the scoring.
7: And I just dis- I disagree with you on the 10-10. Um but I, I But That's agree why judges don't do that it. There. That's why right, judges well, don't do it. No, because I think I I think if you're if you're scoring around 10-10, that's more of of, of not manning up. No,
2: Jeff. you i mean here, here's an example you said first round could have gone either way that's a 10 10 round uh-huh. why give it to I'm not saying that that was a 10 10 round because I scored it for um for for dominic but if if a fighter shouldn't take an entire round based on one tiny little thing that you thought m- might lean towards this way i mean if if fighters nullify one another for five minutes and are going tit for tat. Why are you going to let There's the no smallest tie. subtlety influence an entire round?
7: There's no ties. It's just like, there it's are just ties. like those idiots, it's Judging just like those is idiots subjective. in baseball. Jud- tie goes to the runner. There's no ties. You're
2: either out or safe. There are ties in subjective matters. And there are ties when a fighter is controlling the striking and another one is controlling the grappling and they have equal time in, in both areas and land the same amount of punches – There are ties. I bet there are not even necessarily ties. Jeff, there are situations where neither man solidified the round in their favor.
7: And, and and I'll agree with that more, but I guarantee you that if you probably went back to every 10, 10 round that you scored and sat down and rewatched it, you can pick a winner that right, round, right? But
2: we don't rewatch fights when you have to make a decision. If you were sitting so it, there so in front of it's
7: you, just like I said, you're kind of copping out and saying, "No, ah, no, you're I not copping I out. Can't you're doing justice. With, you're I not can't make a decision. You're not
2: blindly flipping a coin and deciding that fighter X is going to win twenty thousand more dollars compared to fighter B because you don't want to quote unquote man up. That's ridiculous.
7: You you turn into your you turn into your wife when you ask her what you want to eat,
2: Jeff. In in, in, a, in a three round what fight. In a three round fight, if you honestly can't pick a winner in round number one, that could dictate the entire rest of the fight. It does. That's why you have to do. That's why you have
7: to pick a winner. That's why you
2: have to do what's right by the fighters and go, sorry, neither of you won the fight. Do your best to win. Mm. Get it done. Or half point system. I'm starting to fall in love with the half point system idea.
7: I think there are more benefits to it than. Then maybe i have given credit. These guys to in the past. can't even work in whole numbers. You want them to work in half numbers? That's true. That's true. Give me a break. We we don't need to. At this point, we don't need to completely reinvent the wheel. You just need to tweak it a little bit and 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 enforce the laws and uh, and, and things like that. It just needs to move forward, but not reinvent everything.
2: Yeah, I know, and it's going to be something that is very much easier said than done. But I think we need to do something because there are no fears for fighters. To flagrantly foul their opponent as long as they're not doing damage in doing so and, and get away with it. So here's the Arctic Monkeys, do I want to know? SRM. In- SureDog.com app now available in the Google Play Store. You can take us on the go in all of your Android devices. Also, if you're an Apple user like me, you can download us for your iPhone, your iPad. Again, I'm not sure if we're on the Apple Watch, but I think it's a safe bet. Check us out now in the Apple App Store. SureDog.com. On the go, wherever you
0: go. The radio home of mixed martial arts. The SureDog Radio Network.
2: Back here on Beatdown, this is the Dog Radio Network. TJ DeSantis, Jeff Sherwood on a Monday edition of the program. Uh, I got one phone line open if you want to squeeze in there. 844 Suredog is the number. eight four four seven four three 743 7364 is the FuriesfightPicks.com hotline. You know, I was talking about the app a moment ago. A brand new video game came out called MMA Federation, and I'm in it, Jeff.
7: I saw something about this. Uh, what's the story? It's a um,
2: it's a turn-based mixed martial arts combat game. But, uh, you know, it's like other mobile games. You level up a character. You uh, you know train. You get energy bars. And, you know, it'll ask you to put some money in to make your guy better and customize him. Um, you can train in a variety of camps. Uh, American Top Team. Uh, SPG. Um bunch of other schools uh, throughout the world and uh you get to interact and uh communicate with other like minded individuals and uh you know, play play a roundabout fun fantasy game of mixed martial arts. Hmm. So get on it. I'm there, I'm in it. I'd appreciate your support. It's free. It's free to it's play. Free. And uh obviously, you know, like any other game, there are in app purchases right but uh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna actually start my character today i have yet to play because it, it was uh, a crazy busy week okay
7: so i might i don't know i have some uh <clears throat> i have some storage issues on my phone
2: that's because you don't know how to clean anything off of your phone like you take a photo and then you never delete it
7: no that's not true oh. I, i've i deleted a lot of them but i just have do me this will be fun uh, for me
2: because i love i love things like this you have your phone in front of you right now Of course. You're running the latest uh, iOS? Yes. All right. Click settings for me. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Now um, go to, where is it? General. Okay. Okay. And then storage and iCloud usage. Okay. And then manage storage. Okay. Okay. Now at the top there, it says used and available. What does that say? 11.4
7: used. And available what? 82.7. Okay.
2: So now at the other apps, tell me what is taking the most uh,
7: space. 2.7 gigabytes of music.
2: All right. We'll delete all of that. No. You actually listen to music on your phone? All the time. Okay. So what else? So that usually the first thing is your highest Usage.
7: Yeah, right? that is my highest.
2: So you have 11 point some gigs used and only two is belonging to one thing? Yeah. What What is next in line?
7: Messages.
2: Okay. How many is that? Uh,
7: 939 megabytes.
2: Okay. So there's, I'm still confused. Where is the rest of this usage? What's next? Do um, you have a ton of apps on your phone? I have a lot. Get rid of them.
7: How many of them yeah. do you actually use? um i've kind of cut down to basically just the ones that i do use actually
2: how many do you use like 30
7: um there's a lot let me see i have uh what facebook obviously i use that right twitter obviously i use that okay instagram okay google you you what is a google app i don't, you it's just a button right there that you could just hit it and google comes okay, up we'll get rid of that but that uh, should not even
2: take any megabytes
7: No, it only takes 250 megabytes.
2: That's still a lot. That's a lot. To just open up Google, 250 megs?
7: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Clash of of Clans. Okay. Um, Concur. You know, we need that. Oh, yeah, that's
2: business-related. I I don't use that.
7: My expenses. Um, Pages, which is kind of something because I have multiple Facebook pages because uh, I run the Little League Facebook page and things like that. Right. Um, Messenger, Weather, Bank of America, SureDog, Shazam, United, ESPN. but well, get, get rid
2: of the United app. Get rid of the Marriott app. You don't use either of those ever. Yeah,
7: I don't use any of those anymore. Pandora, I do use that. Uh, Gmail, uh, my fantasy baseball team. Seven Eleven. I use that app all the time.
2: Oh, yeah, you get a free uh, Big Gulp.
7: Yes. Yeah, I use yes. that too. Uh, my Verizon e which is my car yeah, insurance. You has
2: got too much stuff going on, man. AT&T. Like, all right, you can stop now. Yeah. My point is, you have a lot of apps. Like, you have a button for Google that takes up 250 megs, and all it does is launch a website? Yeah. Dude. Well.
6: Don't be that lazy.
2: Especially when you can just go, Google Jeff Sherwood. Searching Google
7: for Jeff Sherwood. Like, why do you need an app for that? Yeah, I don't. Well, because I don't. Because I don't know how to use Siri.
2: You hold down the button,
7: and then uh, it vibrates,
2: I, that, and you go, "Do this."
7: Everything I ask her, she says she can't. Uh, she can't uh, answer my question, or she doesn't understand me, yeah, or, and then I just. You probably
2: don't phrase it right. You're probably like.
7: um. Then I just yell at her. We have a horrible, me and Siri have a horrible relationship.
2: I know. She calls me sometimes real late at night. <laughs> She's like, don't tell Jeff I'm calling you.
7: Yeah. <clears throat> well, you know. But, yeah, I, 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 and what, okay, and this all went down to, this all started with you begging me to download a, oh, an I app with your I didn't your beg person. you at all. See, what? what's crazy is that some of the things on here, like, you can't, delete that you know like i have this watch yeah that's you know, i
2: mean that's comes installed with the that's stupid iOS. that's
7: stupid you
2: it's literally not taking that. up any space on your
7: on your phone yeah but still
2: Well, jailbreak your phone and get rid of it mm. you can do that too
7: yeah but i don't uh um i i didn't say i have a lot of photos too mm. but i deleted a lot of them like but, you know, I have a photo vault and things like that. Well. You have a photo vault, TJ? No. Do you know what that is? Yes.
2: I have no reason to have a photo vault. Okay. All I take That's photos cool. of is my small child. <laughs> so, All right, let's go to the phones. Uh, Brandon from Jersey joins us via the Furious5picks.com hotline. Brandon, how are you?
1: I'm back, baby. Happy Dr. King Day. Yes, sir. He had a dream. You know what his dream was?
7: Don't make TJ retire you right when you just came back.
1: His dream was that Brandon called in to beat down. Uh, <laughs> damn right, baby. Have I'm you not, back. Have you not called in for a while? I called two weeks ago. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> <Hello>? <laughs> Welcome back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, uh, when's Antic auditioning for new host?
2: Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm sure they'll address that tomorrow if they uh, are, in fact, doing a radio show. I haven't talked to them. Obviously, things get screwed up with, uh, with uh, the podcast and everything uh, when they when they have a Sunday night show. But I think they are on tomorrow. If not, they'll be returning next week.
7: Cruz, uh, you, huh? right. you know,
2: here's the thing about that. It, it was interesting because I had heard that what he said. I heard what he said, and then I heard that he sort of didn't necessarily apologize for it, but said it was a joke in the post-fight show. And yeah, I ain't seen the post-fight show. So yeah,
7: he did. He did. <laughs> he said that him, he he respects Kenny and loves Kenny, um, and it was just kind of a little dig. But what I think it is is that you know how you know how Cruz is. He hates anybody that picks against him or right. says but anything sh- bad against him. And Kenny picked against him. Basically, he said Kenny said I had no chance.
2: Even if that's the case, it's not an attack on your personal being. Right. Like I don't understand. Why fighters get so upset about someone picking against them. It's a sport. It's a game. You would not get this upset if someone said, Oh man, your your softball team's not gonna do well against that team.
7: Yeah, well it's not it's not uh, softball. I know. That's why this I is know a, this is a way of life. I know. So I know you know, and, and and you know, regardless if it was a joke or not, I mean, you know, guilty as charged. Right, yeah. So so Kenny Kenny can't get upset at the same, you know, it's a two-way street.
2: And and to be honest with you, I was so busy over the weekend that I have not um, actually seen the uh, work that was infringed upon. So I I need to see it before I can really uh, comment on it. I will do that later today, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That'll be something that it will be interesting to see how Kenny addresses it on the Anakin Florian podcast to stay close to, Uh, John and Kenny's Twitter, uh, also on uh, at Anik Florian pod. And I'm sure we'll get you an update on uh, when they're going to roll again next. But uh, safe to say it will be addressed at some point in long form by Kenny Florian. He'll have to do it. So uh, anything else, Brandon?
1: Got to get those plugs in, right?
2: Of course. (laughs) (laughs) uh,
1: uh, Yeah. I mean, I I feel slighted every time you bury me for Manny and text
2: Marco Mm. and Waco. You see what he did there?
1: Yeah.
2: Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I know his name, but if I say it, then that shows him respect. So, right. That's M, good. M name from whatever state Waco's in. That's what we'll go with. All right. Let's happy, continue with. Happy, uh,
1: birthday. Let's, happy uh, birthday to Tim of Connecticut, by the way. Right.
2: Anything else in your mind, Bob from uh, Newark? <laughs> <laughs>
1: happy birthday to Tim of Connecticut, by the way. He he had a dream also. He was born on Dr. King's birthday, apparently. His parents had a dream.
7: Wow. Nine months before that.
1: That's right. Probably at the movie theater.
7: Well, it was a little more than a dream. Dreams yeah. don't end up showing up nine months later.
1: It's, it's, it. <laughs> Yo, Invicta was awesome, man. I I, I I was so happy they had it at a pole barn.
2: <laughs> it was the hangar. You know, the hangar actually has uh, some roots in mixed martial arts. Roy Engelbrecht does his uh, Fight Club OC shows there, and... Um, it's a pretty great place to have a fight. Very intimate setting. Uh, can't get too far away from the cage. And uh, I wish it were a little bit warmer because then they could have opened up the hangar doors and you get yeah. some really cool visuals when those doors are open. I've been there for a fight in the past uh, that Roy Engelbrecht did and the doors were open. It's, uh, it's a pretty neat place.
1: A parking lot's a great place to have a fight. You can fight anywhere. People will gra- gravitate a watch, right, Dana?
7: A barn.
2: <laughs> I've seen many battles but, in barns and the hangar is not but, a barn.
1: I can't believe people thought that this Ru- that Russian girl was gonna was gonna beat Cyborg. I who, mean,
2: come on. I mean, who, did anyone actually who believe Daria was going to win? Because I mean, she brought some interesting things to the table. She has a sumo background. I mean, I can't remember anyone having a sumo background since the single digit numbers of the UFC. Uh, but she's a international champion of sambo, uh, and she's very aggressive. You know, she she had a game plan. She wasn't gonna uh stray from that game plan at all like I don't know I mean how tough is Daria bragimova because uh, there's no amount of money that you could pay me for me to shoot in on Chris's leg for a single leg and hold on to it while she just elbows me in the face like she she had some heart
1: uh, it, it, I mean that that beating was just vicious why are you laughing uh, jeff
7: because what you just said made her sound like an idiot.
2: But she stuck to a game plan. She was hard-headed. Yeah, she, she was stuck stubborn. to a
7: game plan when you get your face smashed in. With That's Chris smart. Cyborg,
2: though, I don't blame her for doing so because here's the thing. With her shooting in on a single leg and holding on to it while eating elbow after elbow to not let go shows to me that getting into that clinch and getting into that position and eating some punishment is better than having to disengage and start the whole process over again where you might get caught. Why take the fight? T J
1: got uh, Rooster, T J got his Kirk Galley on the story, that knockout. He, he called it like it was game seven of the World Series.
7: <laughs> <laughs> like uh Kirk Gibson just hit a home run in nineteen eighty eight. That's right. <laughs> I didn't I didn't hear I
1: A couple things, I'll get out of here. Um I don't wanna see Dom Cruz fight your I favor I don't favorite must have like the contra code of title, the title of uh, fights. Uh, I don't want to see him fight for a title again. I I've kind of burnt out. Uh, number two, I didn't know, uh, Nanny Gambier was fighting at two hundred five uh, yesterday. It <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> him and ill, ill Latifah. It looked look like brothers <laughs> and uh, TJ, um, the new RSS feed for the shows. I mean, I have oh yeah, had we, a need to,
2: we need to we need to address that. What was your question about? I it? have
1: a, I, I have Downcast. Uh, it's an app that that that's what basically you know captures podcasts. And right. Whatnot. It's really good too. And every time I try to update uh, the shows, it doesn't come up. Is it right? So are you are
2: you manually putting in the new RSS feed? Yes. And do you know what that is off the top of your head? No, I don't. All right, so here's what you need to do. If you are listening now, can you DM it to me? Um, well, here's what you need to do. If you if you were listening now, he doesn't
7: follow you. He can't.
2: No, I am following him. If you listen,
6: oh. okay. <laughs> he muted me. No, <laughs> I, I didn't mute you.
2: Um, this is why. This is why I. I never mind. <laughs> I love DJ, put relax. Back, put
7: Take you, a deep breath. Put
2: Brandon back in the penalty box where he was two weeks ago. Um, <laughs> If you if you listen to uh, us via RSS feeds and you're listening to us now uh, via the all-access oh, panel.
1: I got the RSS feed. Never mind. It's, it's updating right now. It's, uh, my bad. All
2: right. If you want to listen to the show via any RSS catcher, uh, the address is available now in the all-access panel at SureDog.com, uh, where you can listen to the show now. Uh, also, we're available on SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com forward slash the SureDog radio network. Um, but if you want to put us in that RSS catcher and uh, you can write this down now, it is feeds.feedburner.com forward slash the SureDog Radio Network. And that's where you get everything from beat down to cheap seats to the round tables to press row. Everything. Got that?
7: Who, me? Yes. Oh, yeah, I got it. Right. Thanks.
2: I see you were paying attention. Thank you. <laughs>
7: I was reading Twitter. I don't, I don't, th- that doesn't have any effect on me, but well, no, actually it does because a lot of people were tweeting me.
2: Yeah. A lot of people are going to ask you. Yeah. And maybe unlike the phone number, you can remember
7: this. <sighs> Chances are very slim. All right. But uh, I did learn something right now. What's that? I could, I could toss Shazam because Siri has it built in now. Oh, Jesse really? told me that. Yeah, that's what Jesse said. How do you do that? You just what say, song is this? Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right.
2: I'm, I'm going to get rid of Shazam right now.
7: Yeah, because I do have Shazam on my phone. You know what the problem is,
2: though, it. with Shazam is, like, I like to hear a song, not know what it is. And sh- then you say, sh- and then just buy it. No, no, Shazam it, and then go back to it later. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So- a lot of
7: times I will Shazam it and then just buy it. Yeah, it's not a That's bad. That's why I have a two point thing. something. Right, but I'm sure if you Siri, it would probably give you the same options. I would assume. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I can't. I, I, can't, computer, I actually but...
2: can't Siri while we're on the air here. I wish we are. Shazam. Because there's right no here. music. Well, the because my microphone's on, the music would not play to the phone.
7: I forget what you said his name is, but how? Who's ever in the studio? Just have him start singing. See ben. if
2: it Yeah, Ben. You want to talk ben. to
7: Ben? Ben. Yeah, we could talk to Ben. Hi, Ben. Hey TJ, let's pull that microphone real close uh, to Thank you. Whenever I hear the name Ben, I think of a rat. Why? Because there was a famous movie, right? Ben might know this. I don't know, and because I, I don't remember what movie it was, but it was a rat, and his name was Ben. Ratatouille? No, I, no. That,
2: that, that's rat's name was was Remy.
7: It was probably it, it's probably way before both of your times, because I think it was like a scary movie too. I don't remember. Somebody will remember, but. Uh, Sorry, Ben. That's uh that's because I've never known a Ben in my life. You do now. Yeah, I do now. Yeah. And well T- take besides- that
2: take that Ben Rothwell. Oh yeah.
7: <laughs> North, well, no, North- he's not take he's that not take that Ben Savage. Well, no, I was just going to say that, that's besides Greg's kid, Greg's- not the
2: kid from Boys Boy Meets World.
7: Right, besides Greg's son, but you know, I don't I don't really hang out with Greg's take son. Take that, no. Ben Askren. Uh, I don't really know Ben. Really? and i always called ben benny so right. i don't even think of him as a ben
2: but but benny and the
7: jets yeah well i'm surprised you know that song
2: i'm working classic rock radio that.
7: you should have shazam that can
2: i sing that to her and just have her get it <laughs> anyway should've... ben what brings you to the sure dog radio network
0: just coming to hang out you know want to meet want to meet you tj and want to you know help out want to address a few things if you let me oh <laughs> wow Uh-oh. was tj
7: the only thing i want to ask ben was tj about ready to cry when he was yelling at me a minute ago Choose your
2: words very wisely i here, Ben. think
7: so yeah
2: i think thank you ben can say like ben's good <laughs>
7: thanks tj <laughs> all right so what do you what do you what do you want to bring up with tj be careful you hear how he can turn on
0: you in a second Oh, come on oh no just just you know i heard you guys talk a couple of uh episodes ago and you guys were you guys had mike dolce on and you guys had some nutrition advice from mike dolce and uh you know i like mike he's a good dude but a lot of the advice that he gives is not is not well researched it's not it's not good you know some people Uh, call it bro science and he even makes fun of it himself so so ben i
7: i i'm kind of a guy that um sometimes can read between the lines so what you're saying is you walked in the studio and you're like holy crap tj's talking up uh the dolce diet and it doesn't look like he's been following it is that really what's going on here
0: no he's been following it and he's been making progress according to him but you know it might not be the best caveat according According to to him him. wow well i I just met you tj i don't know if you're (laughs) you don't look out of shape to me so it it looks it looks like it's been working but
2: it's very sweet he's lying now (laughs) covering his
0: tracks (laughs) i just wanted to make sure that you know the listeners and everybody you know especially tj actually know that the The ways that Mike suggests may not be the best way long term, and definitely doesn't work for everybody. You know, eliminating foods from your from your diet that's usually a red flag um in the fitness industry when you uh, have a nutritionist say that
7: by the way, Ben is so a person. Ben Ben a- is Ben
0: all jacked up and
7: and, uh, you know. A nutrition guy. Is no, that... he's like 400 pounds
2: and really soft, but uh, it doesn't mean he doesn't know. He knows, he knows no, exactly what no.
7: nutrition's about.
2: No, Ben is a, a in shape individual, Brazilian jiu jitsu black belt, personal trainer. Um, yeah, so I think uh, you look at him and his application of this has done him well. So he's 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 yeah. someone to maybe pay attention to when he talks.
7: Okay. So does that mean that? Um, Ben might start helping you instead of Mike. Does Mike still take your calls? Oh,
2: yeah. I mean, I haven't reached out to Mike. What I'm doing basically now, like, am I on the Dolce diet? N- no, not exactly. Uh, I do eat some of his food because it's delicious. It's really good. And uh, for the most part, it's it's healthy. You know, I'm not, uh, if I eat a Dolce diet item, that's better than me going to Subway and, and getting a cold meat sandwich. You know, right. I mean, it's real food um but a- am i am i eating the dolce diet every day no
0: i just remember one time you had him on that probably was the last time and and you told him that you ate a cheeseburger or you ate something bad
2: yeah i had a mcdonald's uh premium chicken mcwrap
0: okay and, and he he grilled you for that he, he made made it such yeah. a big deal
2: the, the wrap was grilled too
0: yeah i mean that's not a big even if you had a cheeseburger you know it's not a big deal as long as it's just you know it's one right if you're the, the fundamental, you know, laws of nutrition basically are just if you eat more calories than you your body needs, right. then you're gonna you're gonna gain weight. So right. if at the end of the day, I've only consumed let's say a thousand calories, and I need to you know get to two two thousand five hundred. If I eat a couple, you know, things that aren't considered quote unquote healthy, right. It's not going to cause you to gain massive amount of weight, right?
2: I mean, I uh, I lost a ton of weight, like I was. About 85 pounds heavier than I am today, and I lost that weight by restricting how many calories I took in and making sure that I expelled X amount of calories a day and lost a ton of weight very quickly. Was it the healthiest way? No, because in a roundabout way, I was, yes, probably depriving myself of vital nutrition because I wasn't eating, you know, all of the required daily goals, but uh, I lost a ton of weight very quickly.
0: Yeah, with all due respect to Mike, you know he's he's really just making you eat less calories in the long. He's telling you don't eat this, don't eat that, don't eat this food group, giving you specific foods, and that's really what he's doing. But I don't think he even knows that. That's the scary part.
2: All right. Well, maybe you and I, Mike uh, Dolce can debate on the air against one another one day.
0: I I would love to. It'd
2: be interesting. I am. Um, we might both fall asleep though, Jeff. <laughs>
7: No, I love listening to it. I actually was up very late the other night, um, and you know how when you're up late, and you know they show these stupid uh, infomercials and things like that. Yeah, but that? you
2: always buy that shit, and if you don't buy I it do. from TV, you end up buying it in the as seen on TV store. Uh,
7: yeah, true. But and there was this crazy thing on, and it was so it was so funny because I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of things just basically come down to portion control. You know, I mean, right. If if I have somebody, if I had a a chef that cooked for me right. and controlled my portions, um, you know, it would be a different story. Well, there's this thing that they were advertising, and you set it on your plate, and then it's labeled like meat, vegetables, starches, or whatever, and and you're just supposed to put the amount of this little frame that's on your plate, and then you pick it up, and that's supposed to be the portion that you're supposed to eat, and they claim it'll help you lose all this weight, which was kind of interesting. Hmm. It's
2: kind of funny. I don't um, remember what it was called. That's but a really yeah. bad idea,
7: I think. Well, uh, I, mean, I thought here, it was kind of funny. Here,
2: here's the thing going back to portion control and fast food and whatnot. I ate a lot of fast food when I was losing weight. A lot. You know, uh, there would be days where I would have McDonald's for dinner regularly, and I was still losing three to five pounds a week. It's just when I went to McDonald's, didn't have a large fry, didn't have an 1,100-calorie soda. You know, would have my McWrap, no sauce on it, and that would be it it'd be 440 calories burn that off in my run that day. No problem. Right. So, um, yeah, but, but I think, you know, the goal of what Mike is saying is to re recompose your body and how it is made. And he feels that the way that he eats, uh, will allow you to be lean, have healthy muscle, muscle mass and live healthier. Now, I will say something about diets, and this is no offense to you, Ben, no offense to Mike, no offense to anybody. There's not one right answer. And as a human being who has impulses and, um, you know, needs from a mental standpoint, I will never go throughout life without eating York peppermint patties. Those make me very, very happy. You know, I can watch my diet, but eventually I'm going to have another York peppermint patty, and I will do so until the day I die. I will I will not have teeth and I will still be enjoying a York peppermint patty throughout the year a handful of times. The goal is to not wake up drink a cherry Coke and eat five peppermint patties as as breakfast
7: you know right. so. the good the good thing is I don't think you need teeth to enjoy peppermint patties so that's you're true. all right. that's true but I'm just saying you know I'll, I I'll, used I'll to work with this that guy mm-hmm. I used to work with this guy that was a big guy for a long time and then he started running. Me. And literally didn't change his eating habits whatsoever. Okay. But after about a year, he had lost so much weight. And he still ate everything that he ate before. Right. But he just ran like miles and miles every day. Right.
2: Towards the end of my fitness craze. Because now I can't run anymore. I don't know if I told you that. Doctor told me not to run anymore.
7: Mm. What happens if somebody points a gun at you? Well,
2: that's fine. But like not to run for distance anymore. Because my legs are shot apparently. All right. Uh, I messed up. How my old cal- are you? 32. Um, I messed up my calves kind of bad. So uh, and it's the way that I walk. And when I run, apparently I overuse my calves to the point where I have all these muscular issues. And uh, the only way to fix it is either to stop walking the way I do, which he told me I can't do because I'm 32 years old and have walked this way my entire life. And the minute I stop thinking about walking that way, I'm going to walk that way.
7: Um, you do walk a little strange
2: yeah thanks appreciate it
0: see what i have to work with ben (laughs) yeah you sure you want to be here good okay tj i just want to address your york peppermint patty thing okay Um, good see that's that thing that's exactly what i'm talking about moderation if you wanted to eat you know one of those a day yeah you're good as long as the rest of your diet is uh let's say 80 percent of it's 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 good nutrient dense foods 20 percent of its junk right it's all good as long as your goal is weight loss and it's not some extreme health goal, right? Like, uh, I don't, I don't, conditions. I don't want to
2: be on the cover of Muscle and Fitness.
0: Yeah, if your goal is just weight loss, that's perfect. If you yeah. could eat one a day. Yeah, if you drink a soda a day. Oh. And if you told that to Mike, I want you to tell me what he says.
2: Oh no, I, I, you saw what happened when I tried to eat yeah. the McRap.
0: And that's like one of the healthier things at McDonald's. I think he just doesn't like McDonald's.
2: Well, I like McDonald's a lot. It makes me happy.
0: <laughs> me too. There's one right there.
2: Don't, don't tease me, Ben.
7: <laughs> oh, um, hey, we need a break, uh, but, Jeff. Hey, well, real quick, though, uh-huh. <clears throat> um, Big Al, he refreshed my memory. Uh, Michael Jackson, Ben. Yeah, that's a song. Yeah, okay, and that's, uh, it was in a movie. Oh, and Ben was a rat. Okay, not that Ben and the studio is a rat, but sorry, that's just kind of so Michael explained. Jackson
2: wrote a song that was called Ben. It and was it was in, in a movie. movie about a rat. Yeah. But we still don't know what the movie's no, called.
7: No, I think it's called Ben. I don't know. I uh, I don't know. Maybe Big big said. But anyways, that's I'm just kind of letting you know.
2: I'm gonna give you the good story, bro, on that one. Good story, bro. Sorry.
7: You're lucky you're well, well, what, what am I lucky? Let's just go to What break. am I lucky? Let's just go to bed. Do you
2: physically harm my being?
7: No, why would I do that? Well you then why am, I already?
2: why am I lucky? Why am I lucky? All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. More of your phone calls and uh, wherever this wacky radio show might take us. More of that next. It's Beatdown. This is the sure Dog Radio
0: Network.
6: Fedor is a
0: beat. It's Fedor Emelianenko. Mikleo. No, Emelianenko. Fedor This is the Beatdown. Right. We'll be right back.
6: Hi, I'm Luca Fury from FuriesFightPicks.com, which is currently ranked as the number one most popular MMA betting advice website. While premium MMA bets are, of course, the main event of Fury's Fight Picks, there's a ton of free content posted on my site as well, and for a variety of sports. For starters, if you're looking for the true best MMA betting advice, FuriesFightPicks.com is the proven industry leader. My documented multi-year MMA betting record is the most profitable out there, and my pick accuracy is top of the the class at 70%. There's free MMA content posted each week by myself and others in the form of picks, previews, podcasts, and betting strategy guides. However, my actual bets are exclusive to members of the Fury's Fight Picks premium betting service, which you can sign up for at furiesfightpickscom premium. Make sure to use the promo code DOG10 at the checkout to save 10% off your entire order. Again, that promo code is DOG10. Plus, you can get a free one- Week of service by going to furiesfightpicks.com slash free. The NFL season has begun, and so is the stream of Fury's Fight Picks football content. Whether you're looking for free NFL betting picks or in-depth fantasy football advice, we have what you need. Fury's Fight Picks also covers tennis, which is a year-round daily sport. You can sign up for our highly profitable premium daily tennis bets through the Fury's Fight Picks premium betting service, or simply enjoy free content, such as a weekly free tennis bet and occasional tennis previews. So there you have it, Fury's Fight Picks, really is your one-stop shop for all the best betting, fantasy, and preview content for MMA, NFL, and tennis. Plus, more sports and content features will be added in the near future. So head over to furiesfightpicks.com and start winning today.
2: Are you someone that's wondered what it's like to work in radio broadcasting? SureDog.com and the SureDog Radio Network are looking for highly motivated individuals to join our team. Maybe you're a mixed martial arts fan that wants to be more involved than just buying every pay-per-view. Get paid to watch the UFC. Earn college credit for being a part of our team. If you're in the greater Los Angeles area and would like to explore opportunities with SureDog.com and the SureDog Radio Network, please contact me, TJ DeSantis, at SureDog.com. We're looking for passionate, motivated individuals who learn quickly to help run the board, screen phone calls, and just be a part of our Team. Again, email me, tjdesanis, at sure.com. This is a great opportunity to get your feet wet in a broadcasting environment, cover the sport of mixed martial arts, and get insight to new media. College credit may be available for qualifying applicants. Qualifying applicants must have reliable transportation and a willingness to learn. College enrollment is not required to apply for this position.
1: Radio
2: Network. We are back here on B-Town. This is the SRN, TJ DeSantis, Jeff Sherwood on a Monday for the voice of the re-crowned UFC Bantamweight champion, Dominic Cruz. Got it done last night. The split decision over TJ Dillashaw. Pretty fun stuff there. Um, covered that a little bit on this program. We can do so uh, as it continues, but we do open up the phone lines to you now. 844-SherDog. It is eight four four seven four three seventy three sixty four. Uh Get on Twitter at TJ DeSantis, at the SureDoggy Email uh, TJ Desantis at suredog.com Jeff at suredog.com Dan from Oregon joins us now. Dan, how are you? What's up, gentlemen?
5: Hey, I want to address some stuff you guys are talking about. As far as the eye pokes, I kind of want to see someone do a statistic. Maybe it's out there and I just don't know about it, but Bellator has adjusted their gloves, and they're supposed to make it so you can't, like, put your fingers at such a straightforward angle. So I'd like to see if it's actually working as far as eye pokes.
7: Hmm. Well, I haven't even heard that.
2: Yeah. I would like to actually see one of these gloves and put it on and and see how you actually do that. I I just, I mean, the underside of the the glove is going to expose your hand. When you put your hand out there, how is it not going to allow your fingertips to go in the eyes?
7: Right. I think we need one of these gloves and I need to try and poke TJ in the eyes. Yeah, and we'll get there that we cup, go. and I'll try to kick you in the groin. <laughs> yeah, well, the cup's still. I don't. I don't know what kind of shipping they used, but. Yeah. Anyways. Hey, mentioning that, you know, Joe
5: Rogan's always talking about this certain cup that you need. I'm pretty sure TJ wears one because in the fifth round, Dominic did like this jumping fake kick, punch him in the face thing, and he actually did kick him in the balls, and he's kind of shaked it off.
2: Yeah, the diamond. Um, the diamond cup is what everyone talks about. We have the. Yeah. Uh, we had the, uh, I believe, the creator of the diamond cup on the air, and they were supposed to send us one. I sent uh, the information over, and then we never got
7: it. So, mm, yeah. I, but you know what was weird during the whole fight? TJ was having issues with this cup. I mean, did you notice? I mean, he kept playing with it a lot.
5: No, I so. didn't see that. Yeah, you know, there was yeah. a hey, lot.
7: So- there's
2: a lot of uh, a lot of Twitter jokes out there for me to just start responding to everything when people say TJ did this and TJ did that. Uh, I had no problem in the fifth round with my cup. I was fine.
6: I
5: I really want to know how you guys scored that fight. Because I thought the second round, most people are saying Cruz won. The fifth round, most people are saying TJ won. All the rest of them were so freaking close. Like, you can tell me one guy won one way or the other. Make a case for it, and I'll pretty much believe you. I personally gave the fight to Cruz three to two. But yeah. how did you guys
7: score it? I I think that, you know, you know what I think what happened, really, to be honest with you? It was such a good story that I think a lot of people, and it was so close. And, I mean, let's be honest. TJ doesn't have a ton of fans I, that I know of. I mean, I don't ever hear anybody say, oh, yeah, I love TJ Dillashaw. I love that guy but a lot of people like Dominic Cruz and I think subconsciously, and I know this happens a lot when, when you're scoring a fight. Um, it, I think it, they just kind of wavered just a little bit of, uh, you know, the benefit of the doubt to Cruz.
2: Hmm.
4: And
7: I think a lot of the close things went to Cruz. It made, it was a great story. If Cruz wins this fight, it's a great story, right? Yeah, no, it,
2: it's definitely a great story. and It was a great story. So, uh, you know, from a marketing standpoint, though, I think you might have wanted T.J. Dillashaw to win. So he fights Uriah Faber and there's that that storyline. Well, sure but the
7: UFC, I'm sure right. the UFC wanted him to win, too, because, I mean, Cruz, you know, you're, you're going to you possibly run into that same situation. I mean, that we all know about. So I'm sure they were kind of hoping that T.J. Dillashaw would win a little bit. But right. I, I'm that's just a guess.
2: Hey, Dan, anything else on your mind?
5: Totally, man. I don't want to talk about this. I think Faber's getting... He's got good matchups no matter what. Um, as far as TJ and Cruz, like personally, I think Cruz really talked me into it. He's just such a good speaker. And then when I really started looking deep at it, like, who is TJB that's still in the UFC? Soto, he, he, he didn't say it before the fight, but he's pretty much going to be released. Uh, Barao is who he's got. He lost to... Uh, you know, Dotson. So yeah, but but that with way. that
2: said, with that said, that's not to TJ's fault. I mean, he's dispatched everyone that's been put in front of him. Yeah,
7: you can only fight who's right. Right in front. Right, and you. and all
2: those guys. I mean, besides Soto, and Soto was on short notice. All the guys he fought were worthy contenders. We weren't really talking about anyone going, man. They don't deserve this shot against TJ Dillashaw.
5: Mm. Well, in reality, he came out of no out of nowhere. You know, he just got it because it was good timing, and you know, papers like, hey, go give this guy the fight, but, hey, I like TJ. I like, you know, in his last fight, he was pulling that Nick Diaz-esque stuff that he kind of pulled in the fifth round where he's putting his hands down, just kind of plodding at him. I'm into that. I went and saw his fight in Chicago. I personally, if you would have told me this fight's a draw, and you scored one of the rounds 10-10, maybe the first, Mm -hmm. and then Cruz, Cruz, Dillashaw, Dillashaw, and we got to see round 6-10, through I'd be down for that as well. Like, we're doing way too many rematches that aren't really allotted for, you know? Like this Kane one, the the ones that I say were ones that needed rematches instantly. Hendrix, GSP, Jones versus Gustafson, Robbie versus Johnny, Robbie versus Condit, and now TJ versus Cruz. Like, Mm -hmm. those are ones where... They were so freaking close. You need a rematch, but all these other ones. What about to me?
2: What about a qu- a quick dominant win deserving a rematch? What about Aldo McGregor? Only, only is- Aldo McGregor, not Ronda. Home. Got it. Like
5: a thirteen second fluke
2: thing. Yeah, you can give that Luke. to me. It's,
5: okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, excellent freaking punch. I'm still kind of absorbing it. that oh my god, Conor McGregor. They showed some highlight. He's got 15 wins in a row. It's like, what the heck, man? This is freaking nuts. Yeah, but uh,
2: hey, Dan, I, I got a bill, man. We got a bunch of people online, and we only got about 10 minutes left in the show.
5: For real, hey, even Brian Stan said the judges got different positions, so they score in different ways. That's
2: just kind of how it works. Keep on it, appreciate it. Dan from Oregon checking in. He's a regular on the Sure Dog Radio Network. Speaking of regulars, remember a gentleman a few years back? I mean, we haven't heard from this guy. Man, I don't know if we heard from him in my new studio in Minnesota. I definitely have, haven't heard from him since I moved to LA, and I've been here now for two two years. Remember a guy named Keith from Providence?
7: Mm-hmm.
2: And then he was Keith from Coventry.
7: Mm-hmm.
2: And then he was Keith from the Milk Carton because he just disappeared.
7: <laughs> disappeared.
2: Line five. It's it's Keith from Coventry. Keith, where have you been?
1: What's up, fellas? How you guys been? I
2: miss you guys. I'm, sur- wow. I'm surprised you're not dead. I'm not dead, no, man. My my,
3: listen, I listen all the time. The problem is, is my my job changed, but I had today off. I put on the radio. I heard you guys. Yeah, this is great. I've been uh, I've been listening to all the uh, roundtables as much as I can. and I've been uh, listening to the beatdowns after the bell as much as I can. And I love I love the Luca Luca Furry, but that guy's helping me win some money.
2: So. There you, go. you know what's funny about Keith is Keith was the first person on the Sure Dog Radio Network ever to go. Hey, you might want to keep your eye open for this kid named John Jones. Yes, he's fighting Andre yes. Gusmao this weekend in Minneapolis, and he's going to get it done. And everyone's like, "Ah, Keith's dumb." I Andre Guzmaw, IFL. I said he was
3: going to him. Yeah, and I, and he I believe, heavy.
2: and I believe Greg, J- Greg Savage said, "Nope, I'm pretty sure that Andre Gusmao is going to knock out John Jones and then <laughs> scream jujitsu."
7: Yeah, yeah, I also pretty much. You know, you know, what was, you was know what's win, been so. the best part of this call so far? What's that? It's because with Keith's accent, he said Luca f- uh, Furry. Yeah. You
2: know what I like about Keith and why I always remember Keith? Right. You can tell me it's it's Phil Baroni and I won't be able to tell you any different. <laughs> hey, Keith, do me a favor and say I'm the best ever.
3: I'm the best ever. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, hey, TJ, congratulations on that new gig. With Invicta, and I, I was listening to you the other night, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's DJ!" Thank that's you. Like, I, th- I thought it was like one of my friends calling the fights. It was awesome.
2: Well, I'm I'm appreciative of you uh, watching the show and uh, and all the kind words. Thank did, you. You did an excellent job. Hey, I was
3: uh, I was at the sh- I was at the fight last night. I uh, I bought sixty dollars seats, snuck down to a really good seat. I was sitting actually right next to Tisha Torres. I had my shirt dog, my old shirt dog hat on. I've had on for about ten years now. Dang! I'm trying to look for some of you guys.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, Greg was there. Jack was there. I don't know if Jack was necessarily there in in uh, the shirt dog capacity, but Jack was there running around for the Boston Herald. So
3: yeah, we were I, there. I don't I don't know what he looks like. I was trying to I was trying to find what he looked like. I was right I was right behind where the press is, so it was cool. Anyways, I scored the fight last night. I scored the main event. I scored it forty eight forty seven. But I think, like most people said, I would honestly would have been okay with any score there was. Right. 40. I would have been okay with five rounds for Dillashaw. Um, so I,
2: let, let me let me clarify. You said 48-47, what, Did you score for T.J. forty-eight, forty-seven? Oh no, no, no. I'm
3: sorry. I scored 48-47 for Cruz. Gotcha. But but the only round to me that I thought that was not debatable was the fourth round. I thought T.J. clearly won the fourth round. And to me, round I scored the first three rounds for Cruz, the last two for T.J. But I would be totally okay with any way. It, it could have been 50-45 for T.J. And I was okay with that score. Um, but I actually—it's funny because I was calling up to say exactly what Jeff said. I, I kind of feel that because of the story with Don the Cruz, if rounds are close, he's going to get—he's going to get it. So yeah. um, I kind—I totally agree with Jeff on that. I—I I, I was saying it to my friend last night. Um, and one I, thing I I don't I,
7: think I don't think anybody would admit that, and I don't think anybody would go into the fight even thinking that. But I think it's all subconscious. It's mm-hmm. just like when you're scoring a fight, like you're, you're scoring a fight, say a guy is from American Top Team, uh, Jackson Winkle, Johns are one of these big camps, and he's fighting a guy that trains with his dad in his garage. Yeah. <laughs> Any close fight is going to go to that. Any close guy round is going to go to that guy from the big school just because I think it's just subconsciously because you know no matter what, how you feel, you know that, that in your mind that guy should win this fight.
3: Yeah, that's why. I, that's why I was surprised that Rosa won the fight yesterday. 'Cause the guy taking a fight on one day's notice. Yeah. And and being very competitive. I, I actually scored at twenty nine, twenty eight for him, but i like I said, I was okay with any any score of that card too. Right. Um but yeah, I totally agree. A lot of times it happens with big underdogs. If guy's guy's a big underdog but there's close rounds, you naturally give it to the underdog. I I remember going back to the uh Jones Gustafson. incident. I obviously I'm biased, but I scored at forty nine, forty six to Jones, but I know a lot of people that scored the fight to Gustafson because
4: mm-hmm.
3: if the rounds close, no one expected the fight to be close.
7: Right. they're like, holy cow, this guy's staying in there, and and yeah, I'm going to give it to him. He shouldn't even be in here anymore. Yeah.
3: So one thing I observed yesterday, I don't know if you guys noticed. I, you probably already talked about this, but Pettis, I just kept watching the fight and saying he's on, he's flat on his foot, feet his whole time. He was, he was. If you watch it again, he just flat footed the whole time, and he stood right in front of. Uh, um, right in front of Eddie, and and didn't use angles, nothing. It was just right, directly in front of him, not using the angles that he likes to do. It was a really, really weird flight from Pettis. Mm. So I know you guys got a lot, a lot of uh, calls lined up. I don't want to take up time. I've taken up many times in the past. Well, welcome back, Keith. It's
2: nice to hear from
3: you. Yeah, man, it's great, man. I, I hope my, I hope my schedule can open up. so I can call up and I can bother the rest of the country again. I forgot my password on Sherdog. I come back, sign in. I'm a, I'm a white belt, guys are like, "Don't don't post no forum. You're a white belt." And I'm like, "Man, what are you talking about? I'm a Sherdog legend." And I'm like, "Man, I forgot." And I'm like, "I'm like Dennis amused Yesterday, I was walking through the bathroom, don't even know who it was. That's like <laughs> me and Sherdog. That's me and the Sherdog forums.
2: There you go, sir Keith. It's always a pleasure catching up hey, with you. You're welcome hey, anytime, re- and, and thanks for checking back in.
3: Last question. Last question. Yeah. Uh, Professor Rob Font still represent Rhode Island for us, but uh. I want to know how you guys prepared for the, uh, Eddie Herman takeover. Now that, now that the UFC is clean. <laughs>
7: Appreciate it. Thank you. That was a good point that he made though.
2: Well, Ed was fired up, man. He was, he was. And, uh, it was almost awkward. It was almost awkward how fired up he was about it. So
7: what's kind of crazy is that, uh, I, I think that, uh, somebody forgot to tell him that if he wants to compete at two Oh five, he's probably going to need that stuff. Cause he's kind of small. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, you know, he says he can do it the natural way. So, there you go, Ed Herman. Uh, let's go back out of the phones. Rapid fire with uh, our final two calls of the day. Uh, we've got Frank and Sherman Oaks, who actually came up and said hello to me on Saturday night at Invicta. Really? Hey, Frank, how are you?
7: I'm doing well. I was a bit starstruck. Oh, stop it! Starstruck? <laughs> That's not true. You know, that was the, that was the glare of the lights off of TJ's bald head. It's exactly
2: where I was going to go, but you
3: beat me to the punch. No, that's that's pretty funny because there was three like other bald guys that were kind of similar to TJ and I couldn't find them. And I told my friend, "I was like, I'm looking for a, like a bald guy in a suit." And he was like, "There's four other guys like that. Like, <laughs> I think that's him." But
7: well, Andy Foster yeah. was one of them, not the yeah, not the one with the tattoo on his neck. No, right? No, I know TJ has no
3: tattoos, so he, he was a lot easier to find. <laughs> um, very quickly, um, I thought um, uh, Alvarez and uh, Cruz one, because I had money on them. <laughs> and as far as the Invicta stuff goes, I was sitting next to Raquel Paul Louis's family, which was pretty cool. But the only bad thing was Ember Brown's husband, boyfriend or whatever, was saying some extremely vulgar stuff to see on the news and that was just really unprofessional. Mm-hmm. Um, so the main event went quick as I thought it would, would went as quick as I thought it would go. And um, I think that's everything.
2: Um, I appreciate you coming up and saying hello. Uh, I'm sorry that, like, trying to find me at an MMA show is similar to finding Waldo. But I appreciate your uh, due diligence to come over and say hello. So that was nice. And uh, as always, thanks for coming out. I think it was a fun show. Uh, Despite that long layoff uh, when we had the ambulance issue, the the pacing and the action was great. The fights were fantastic. Uh, It was the same thing that happened at Nick Diaz's War MMA. A fighter needed to go. No, they had two ambulances. But the second ambulance, we were on a fairgrounds. The second ambulance was parked at the other side of the fairgrounds and because there was a gun show and there was actually some traffic um, in the actual fairgrounds itself, it took about 20, 25 minutes for the second ambulance to get in place to make sure that we had the proper medical staff on site for the uh, night to continue.
7: Did you go over there after the show and show them your guns?
2: No. I mean, they they all know. know. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, let's go back out to the uh, phones. Griff in Hawaii joins us. Griff, how are you? Good. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for joining us. What's going on? Thanks for having me. Uh, I just wanted to call and give my prediction for the year. Yes. Yes. Let me, uh, pull up the prediction sheet here. If you don't know, we've done this year after year at Sherdog.com. At the beginning of the year, we ask you for your prediction on what is going to happen in the new year and the, uh, winner will be voted on by the staff and, we say you won, and sometimes we send you a prize, but more often than not, uh, it's just for bragging rights. But uh, you never know. You never know. Jeff, we sending anything to our uh, winners? You got anything? I want those. I want the gloves that are signed possibly
7: by George St. Pierre.
2: I'll take those. Those should be the winner. <laughs> for sure. Did,
7: didn't we Didn't we uh, come to the conclusion that it is GSP? I, I think so,
2: but you don't have a COA. And your memory well, is not very good either.
7: Well, what's crazy is I've only gotten gloves signed by a couple guys. Then how do you not know for sure that they're George? Do you know how long ago that, that was when that was, was he still a garbage man when he signed him? It was so long ago that I had to set that whole thing up through Julie Kedzie.
2: Oh, wow. That was a long time ago.
7: Yes. I'm
2: kidding. All right. Uh, Griff, what's your prediction? So, Conor McGregor
3: is going to beat RDA, and then Edgar is going to beat McGregor, and for the first time ever, we're going to have two divisional weight champions in the same year at
2: the UFC. Edgar beats that- who? Edgar beats Conor. Conor. And then what? So, Conor
3: beats RDA, becoming right. a two-divisional champion. Right. Then Edgar beats Conor, becoming a two-divisional champion.
2: Wait, so... How, how would they put both? Because he's not going to get both belts. Yeah, how would they put both belts on the line? No, not both on
3: the line. I'm saying, like, Edgar will be the fourth person to hold two different belts in two different weight classes. Like, Couture oh, and... Oh, you mean not uh, simultaneously.
2: Penn. You just mean...
3: Yeah, right. He's going to join... Uh, Got it. Penn and Couture.
2: Got it. Okay. Edgar beats Connor. So basically, we don't even need to put the rest of the stuff in there. It's just you believe that McGregor beats Dos Santos and then loses to Frankie. Yes, but the key point being two-divisional. Yeah, but champion. that goes without saying. Right.
3: Right, but this would be the first year where we've had two of them. The only year, actually.
2: Right. Right? Yes, but, like, I don't think you need to put that in your prediction. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, cause that's sure. a fact. Like, because you're not if he, if predicting loses, anything. None of that happens. Right. The real prediction is McGregor beats RDA, then loses to Frankie.
7: Okay. Right.
2: No reason to overcomplicate it.
7: Sure. <laughs> well, Got we it. get it. We will. We will uh, recognize that uh, if it does happen. Yes. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks, I gotta get Greg. back to work. Appreciate it, sir. All Thank right. you for me. There we go.
2: I wasn't trying to shit on his prediction at all. I'm just trying to figure out if he was predicting something that wasn't like. The obvious, if that happened,
7: right? So. Uh, I, at maybe, first, I thought it, he was maybe he was thinking differently. Maybe he's thinking, um, if Frankie fights Connor,
2: he becomes both champions.
7: He gets both belts. Right. That that's
2: night. what I thought he was thinking too.
7: And he might have been, but that's that's not possible. Know. What right, are they I, gonna
2: I, do? I, what are they gonna do? Weigh in at forty-five and then step off the scale and then eat some burgers and then weigh in at, at the 55-pound limit and then put the, both belts on the line?
7: I, well, they should fight um, at the lighter weight class. Right. And you, then technically eat and yeah. then fight again the next day at the bigger weight class. I think you could. I think you actually
2: could fight for both, fight, both titles in one fight. Think about this. You weigh in. You make the scale say 145, right? That's mm-hmm. the limit for featherweight. You drink some water, you weigh in again, you're at 46 or whatever, or 45.1, officially you're now a lightweight. Yeah. You don't have to weigh 55. He's weighing a point an ounce heavier than 45, and now you're in the lightweight division, but you've already successfully weighed in for the featherweight fight. Boom.
7: Yeah, All I don't, I don't, titles think on the that. line. I don't think it's going to go down that way. I don't think so either.
2: Why would you Why would you waste uh, two title fights in one anyway? Right. So.
7: When you need uh, title fights. Right. You need fights. Yes. Definitely. Especially with Conor McGregor.
2: Pretty much does it for us. We'll be back on Wednesday. We'll be back on Friday as well.
7: How that. was radio on Wednesday from Invicta?
2: Uh, we ended up doing it on Thursday. It was pretty oh. good. Pretty great. Did you have
7: Angela Hill on?
2: Yeah, I had everybody on except uh, the only two fighters that did not come on the air were Daria Bragimova. Uh, She was still going through the process of uh, traveling and whatnot. And then the other uh, lady I was unable to chat with was uh, Mizuki because there was not a uh, Japanese translator available.
7: Mm. Angela Hill is one of my favorites.
2: She gets it. She's exciting. She's marketable. She says all the right things.
7: Great Twitter. Good Twitter. Yeah. I'm a fan.
2: And she uh she shined when she took out Alita Gray very early in their bout.
7: Yeah.
2: A lot of rib roasting on on Saturday night at the Hangar. A lot of body shots.
7: Mm. Those hurt.
2: Olivia Souza stopped Deanna Bennett with a kick to the liver. Uh Alita Gray was stopped by a body shot from Yeah, how Angela was that? Hill. how
7: did that fight go down because there was a, the, a a big uh, you know, Souza Bennett, I mean obviously, you know, you did the whole thing. Yeah. Um Did it live up to, I see it only lasted a minute and 30 seconds, but did it still uh, satisfy everything?
2: Mm, You know, I would like to see it go longer, but, I mean, anytime someone stops an undefeated fighter with one kick to the body, Mm. like that, and, again, Livia Souza weighed in at 113, okay? She's not cutting hardly any weight. I, I don't think she's cutting any weight to fight at straw weight and to stop a heavier fighter like Deanna Bennett with a shot to the body who has fought as high as 135. Yeah. Let's let's, let's stop just talking about how great Livia Sosa's ground game is because apparently she can stop you with strikes.
7: Right. We need, and apparently we need to take her out to dinner a few times.
2: Well, if she's going to stay at that weight, she can definitely uh, have as many York peppermint patties as she wants to.
7: I think she would probably rather have steak.
2: Probably, I'd like a steak right now too. Mm. That's that. You know, I locked myself out of the building today. I forgot my key card. Oh, really? So I can't get any snacks because it's Martin Luther King Day, and no one is here to uh,
7: open the doors for me. It's so. a crave day off. Yeah, it's a crave and day you off. You made me work.
2: Oh, I forgot. I I didn't realize it was a crave day off. So what do you I'm want? I'm suing you. You want to be? I I didn't tell you to work. You just showed up. By the way, I'm not your boss. At least in this, in this instance, I'm not. Wait, when it's beneficial can, to me for me to be your boss, I'll, I'll be your boss. Again. Can you isolate that? No, I don't know how to do that. I'm not qualified. <laughs> uh,
7: so who? So was was Dave Mandela at the hangar? Yeah, I saw him. I saw Dave. Yep. Okay. So he did it. He wasn't in Boston. No.
2: Okay. I believe we had a local, uh, local photographer out
7: there. Uh. Well, there's no photography going on.
2: Uh, sure there is. There's photos from the press conference.
7: Oh, yeah. mm mm-hmm. yeah. It's mainly video.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, there's photos taken. Okay.
7: All right, because, yeah, I, I was actually watching the, the video interviews that we had, and I was like, this doesn't look like Dave. Hmm. Now I know. There you it go. It wasn't. Wasn't Dave.
2: Okay. All right, good deal. All right, Mr. Sherwood, we'll be back on Wednesday. Maybe get a couple of winners from this Boston card and uh, look ahead to more MMA action. I believe the next uh, UFC is the Super Bowl card or one before that? No, no there's yeah,
7: the 30th, correct, sir. What is yeah. the main event on that? That is um, Anthony Johnson, right? Yes, uh, sir. Bader.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. UFC on Fox.
7: Yeah, and I'm going to the Super Bowl weekend
2: one. Nice. By the way, you picked up $3 on me over the weekend. How about that? Congrats.
7: Yeah. Uh, And
2: I am still plus three
7: overall. Yeah, so not bad, though. No. I'm closing the gap a little bit.
2: I believe I gave you two-to-one odds on something that hit, too. Um,
7: Was it Cruz?
2: No, I don't think it was Cruz. I think it was something else. You're nailing your underdog bets, though. Anything that I've been
7: giving you uh, better odds than one-to-one, you've been crushing. (laughs) Right, I lose on everything else, but I pick it up on the three-to-one and crap like that. Right, exactly. So did you, uh, uh, real quick before we get out of here, I mean, I'm working on a holiday already. I might as well just, you know. I know. Stick around forever. But uh, I I sent. I know it's a busy weekend for you, um, but I sent you the card to the next tattoo show.
2: And it is in the event section.
7: Oh, you got it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And, Cle- and Clever's fighting. He is. I bet you just saw him this weekend. I did. Yeah. So, uh, kind, of, uh, kind of some interesting matchups. Yeah, Rolando Velasco Alex-
2: back uh, defending his title. Uh, Alex Perez uh, dropped his belt the last time out. He's fighting a former title challenger, Hitachi, and uh, Hector Sandoval. So, you have Alex Perez against Kid Alex. And Kid yeah, Alex's real name isn't Alex, but... All right, that's
7: going to be a good fight.
2: It's going to be great. It's going to be a really, really good fight. The Jesus
7: so, against Chris Coley.
2: Dude, this Tachi's bringing it.
7: Yeah, that's, uh, you know, and, and you say this Tachi's bringing it, and, and like, normal fans that are probably listening to this show have no idea, probably, who any of those guys are. You should watch. Um, And Kane Carrizosa's Car- fighting. Yeah, Is that right? Carzosa Car- Car- That reminds me. Um, during the UFC, did you see Joe's interview when they were announcing um, the coaches for the next Ultimate Fighter? Yeah, uh, hey, hey, you want
2: to enjoy check. What
7: would you think of that whole uh, hmm. back and forth thing?
2: Um, I was half paying attention. Was there something that I missed? I mean, I thought it was funny that Joe was still struggling struggling to say the name.
7: That's what. That's what. That's what was interesting, and I mean, I, I can only laugh about it because I'm like the worst at it. But he flat out kind of like asked her Right at the beginning like how do you say your name Right that, was, that seemed a little odd to me Um it's just hard And to have her say it While you're there I think And you're never going to be able to say it like her Yon-j-j- Yeah you'll never be able to say it like her Right So um
2: Dude people don't even say DeSantis correctly
7: Yeah I even did it once
2: Can you say my last name DeSantis Good job here, everyone says DeSantis. Mm. I'm like, okay.
7: How did I, what did I say that one time I screwed I up? I don't remember. It
2: wasn't good though.
7: Yeah. But so, guess what today is too on, on, uh, guess what we're going over through email? What's that? For the website. I don't know. Best fighter to ever come from Arizona. Really? <laughs> wow. So,
2: number one is zero, nobody. Number two is nobody. Number three is nobody.
7: Should I just write that? Yeah, I think you should. No it wouldn't get, all get my no joke because but, they don't know it like you.
2: Breen would love it. Yeah. Greg would love it.
7: Yeah, that would be about it, and you and me. Yeah. So, yeah, it's Arizona. It's Arizona day. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's a funny top ten. Let Let me uh, let me just put you on the spot real quick. Uh huh. Who is it?
2: Best fighter ever to come from Arizona. Homer Moore.
7: <laughs> Anybody that's fought in Rage of the Cage.
2: Yeah, exactly. Man, Mark it'd be tough. Kirk.
7: I would say I would, pro- would I, I,
2: I would probably have to say Benson Henderson.
7: Mine would be Mark Kerr. Yeah. Probably not right. Uh, you but... can make an argument, but I mean. could but... you could say Cain Velasquez, but is Cain Velasquez from nah, Robert,
2: no? no, 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 no. No, no. Cain doesn't count. He went to college there. I would say ben 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 henderson but again did he grow up there i know he's trained there
7: yeah and you don't and i don't know that either off the top of my head like who you know is actually from there and we've kind of had that uh, conversation going back and forth just because somebody's fighting out of somewhere right doesn't mean they were born and raised there right like, you know like if you started fighting now you'd be fighting out of uh you know la county but really you know you're minnesota
2: Right, right. I would say I'm fighting out of Minnesota. Well, I w- fighting out of Minnesota
7: by way of Orange County. Yeah, and it's kind of that weird thing. Um, sometimes when players go to the Hall of Fame, I like know, what because, what team they go in as? Right, what team do they go at? Right. Because I I always give Preston a hard time, because I say that David Ortiz is going to go in the Hall of Fame if he does make it as a Minnesota Twin. That's funny. He's like, yeah, right. So yeah.
2: Anyways. Do they still do that? Do they make you pick? Isn't that over? They do. They don't do it in the NFL. I think they do. But they might. They might still in baseball. Did Rod Carew go in as an Angel or a Twin? I think he went as an Angel. Burt Blyleven went in as as a Twin.
7: Instead of an Indian.
2: Um. Or an Angel. Been an Indian. Could have been an Angel as well. Yeah. Can there's, you need to pick some... your team? Can I just, like, if I never played for the Yankees and winning, can I go in as a Yankee? <laughs> yeah.
7: I know I played for Cleveland, but right. uh, could you make me a Dodger?
2: Right. <laughs>
7: I always wanted to have the
2: L.A. on the cap there.
7: Right. Right. Are Or maybe you belong to a gang now.
2: Right. Yeah. Oh, I see you're wearing that Twins cap. Cool. Yeah, Cincinnati, baby. <laughs>
7: oh, man.
2: All right. I got
7: to get out of here. You don't
2: know how disappointed that made me when I walked up to someone. I wish I would I found, have
7: been there and been able to look at your face. When I
2: found a Twins fan.
7: That probably put, put a teardrop on the side of your face like his.
2: <laughs> and matched. We were brothers. <laughs> anyway, Mr. Sherwood will talk to you on Wednesday. All right. I'll talk to you later. If you any part of the show, all access panel at Sherdog.com or in our RSS feed. Again, feeds.feedburner.com forward slash the suredog Radio Network. You can uh, get us on iTunes very, very soon. For Jeff Sherwood, I'm TJ DeSantis. You just got B Town the Sure Dog Radio Network. Have a great day, everybody.
0: BEAT down. BEAT Town is a TJ DeSantis production and is property of the Sure Dog Radio Network. Its content is intended for private use only.